Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports Station. Jerry DePoto is with us here on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Uh, Jerry, we hear it's been windy out there today in Chicago. How is the weather right now? You know, the, the wind really hasn't kicked up quite yet, uh, but it is sunny, which is an improvement over last night. So, fingers crossed, we can have a normal nine-inning game. Absolutely. Uh, Jerry, I know that was such a strange game with the delay and then not really knowing if it would get played. It does get played, and then torrential conditions when Robbie Ray's out there. What were the conversations like, or what was yesterday like, kind of leading up to the game and deciding whether to play or whether to postpone it or not? Yeah, I mean, from the very earliest part of the day, I think in you know, 9, 10 a.m., we were already discussing the potential of a doubleheader today or pushing the game to a series in September in Seattle or you know, us returning uh, in a, on an off day later in our schedule. But with, this, with the overall calendar schedule being so condensed this year and you know, with the late start to our season, I think there's been a, a general – feeling that we need to get these games in whenever we can. And and with the exception, truly, of the second inning last night, it, it wasn't hideous. But the second inning was pretty hideous. So, you know, working our way through it. And, and unfortunately for us and for Robbie, that's the inning that it got a little sloppy. And and uh, the game was effectively lost. But you know, today looks a little better. Yeah, tough luck. I know it just happened to be. Happened to be when Robbie was out there on the mound, and of course the, the rain then stopped after that inning. But I know that's baseball. There are some tough breaks. There's tough weather early on. Now, as a pitcher, did you ever have an adventurous weather outing like that, whether it's pouring down rain or it's really windy and you had to kind of pitch through that? It happens all the time, really. And it's a, you know, if you play in enough you know, unique weather places. Like I played in Cleveland where we would get, frequent cold snow rain especially early in the year and you know it's possible and then a handful of years in Colorado where I mean truly you could have a summer day and all of a sudden it just starts snowing (laughs) so it's uh any of those things are possible it happens you know these guys are pros they know it happens and and they just they go out and they compete and unfortunately last night the other team competed a little better than we did yeah so what are the challenges though and it seems like a guy like Robbie Ray is built well to handle that what are the challenges from then a mental perspective of having to deal with all these new elements that you might not have been focused on uh you know it's there's robbie's probably as as prepared for that as any player we have he's just a he's a mentally tough guy who's been through you know he's he's played in detroit where you get a lot of you know unique weather and it's it's a focus uh, you know these guys i guess climb to the level that they have climbed uh, because they are focused competitors and you know last night we went out and, and gave it all we had and unfortunately we just came up short hey jerry while that was going on george kirby was having a, a terrific outing were you able to kind of monitor that a little second screen viewing or did you go back afterwards and kind of see what he had done no i got all the the i did in fact watch it it's a the benefits of an ipad sitting above the <laughs> ballpark but uh, yeah, watch George. He was terrific. He filled it up. He had all his pitches working. And, you know, frankly, it was probably the, the best outing he's had since the minicamp began. And, you know, that's saying something because he, he did show flashes of what he's capable of down in spring training. But, you know, he put it all together last night and, you know, an awesome five inning outing that gets him started toward the season that we expect him to have. So is he on a, a set timeline? Is there an innings 
amount do you want him to hit, or could he do something like that? If he has a couple more performances, could that speed up maybe the timeline that you have had with him? Uh, there is no timeline on his arrival in the big leagues. It could be, you know, five days from now, or it could be a year from now. If there's if his performance will dictate that being said, and what we did share with George as he was leaving spring training, you know, the general lack of innings in his, in his past is something that we're at least cognizant of and, and want to build him responsibly. So our goal this year is that he pitched somewhere, something like what Logan Gilbert did a year ago, you know, hit that 120, 130 inning mark and, and try to be responsible in how we build his innings. And, and like we did with Logan a year ago, try to preserve as much of that as we can for the possibility, if not likelihood, that that some of it or, or more of it is spent at the major league level, especially if we have an opportunity to, to push for a postseason berth toward the end of the season. Well, I think we all were uh, very excited watching him pitch last night. And whenever he gets up uh, to the big league team, will be will be fascinating to watch and very exciting. And along the lines of, of talented young pitchers, Matt Brash, wow. <laughs> watching that, watching his debut against a tough team like the White Sox, and for him to be so effective, what's going through your mind as you see that unfold? That, that Matt is really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're playing. I mean, the, the White Sox are one of the better offensive teams in our league. Incredibly talented group. And, and it didn't quite know how Matt would react. It's his first outing as a major leaguer. And uh, on, it's really in front of family and friends on their opening day. And, you know, it was, there were probably about 40,000 people here. And it was a, a raucous pregame that, that, you know, hit a crescendo just as the game started. And he went out there calm and cool and just started delivering strikes. And, you know, and then we saw as the outing went along the things that he's capable of with, you know, the breaking ball spin and, and creating chase out of the zone once he gets ahead. And, you know, for him to go out there and pitch against that lineup in those circumstances, frankly, on a on a pretty chilly day, having never pitched in a big league scenario before, I I, I couldn't have been happier uh, for him and for his family. And and it really, I walked away thinking, if that's the way Matt Brash goes about his business, he is going to win a lot of games, and so will we. It's a tough question to ask because I'm I'm not going to ask you what your favorite trade has been or if you relish one trade more than another. But when you do acquire someone like that, it's not someone you've drafted, but it's someone you have identified and acquired. And then he comes in, rises through the system quickly and has a debut like Matt Brash did. Is it encouraging? Does it give you a, kind of some satisfaction in the moment that, OK, yes, all that work and identifying him really paid off? Oh, sure it does. You know, and it's a it's a celebration of our systems and our people, and you know, it's a it oftentimes it gets attributed to me or attributed to Scott, but you know, frankly, there's so many people that are are part of making decisions like that and identifying players, either for draft or trade or even free agent signings, and and our team is littered with them. You know, it's our actually our team, the 28 man roster today is completely made of of players that that were acquired in those ways and. And you're thrilled to see their successes, especially early. And uh, when they get off to a good start, like Logan did in Minnesota, like Matt did here in Chicago. And, and you want to see those young players especially start get, getting their traction and, and feel like they belong because then the, the true skills really start to shine. Jerry, I know you're uh, maybe a little more busy during these games than we are when we sit here and we're just on Twitter constantly scrolling through to get all the information. We sit and we watch and... Uh, we really watch how the national attention unfolds. And when Matt Brash was out there on the mound, it was 
everyone, it seems like on Twitter, there's a there's a Twitter account pitching Ninja who has cut ups and overlays, and he was just raving about Matt Brash and the stuff he was showing. When you see someone like that get all this national attention, what does that mean for a young guy? And then how do you think Matt will handle all this attention now? Uh, you know, we've seen it. We've seen it with Jared Kelnick. We've seen it with Julio Rodriguez, I guess, to a to a lesser extent with, with Logan Gilbert and with George Kirby. But it's what happens when you have exciting young players. And, and it's uh, it's not shocking that they would latch on to, to Matt Brash. I, have, I don't really get into Twitter, but I am it's probably smart pitching yeah. ninja <laughs> uh, for a good reason. And, you know, but I am familiar with the pitching ninja and, and I, I think there's been a fascination with Matt Brash for quite some time now because the, the physical stuff that, that's coming out at game time, you know, the ride on the fastball, the spin on the breaking ball, it's, I mean, it is elite level physical stuff and, and to be able to put it together over the plate, like he did in his first outing is, is super encouraging because there is no questioning the, the physical impact of his stuff. Okay, I do like that you are aware of Pitching Ninja because the whole day leading up to the start, we were talking about it on here, about whether we would get a sword, where if you've seen that, where, where a batter flails away and misses so badly that uh, then Pitching Ninja gives it the sword watch. And, and Matt Brash got a couple of those, so that was, that was fun to see it pay off. But I think you've struck the proper balance of being aware of some Twitter accounts and not diving into the mess that is Twitter, especially uh, during a baseball game. Yeah, I think the uh, I've I've opted. I while I do to get into a certain social media, I choose to stay away from Twitter. I, I've and I've often given the advice to to other people in the league who do what I do when they get their opportunities. Uh, pay attention, stay in tune with what your fans are thinking, but don't read the comments. <laughs> yeah, never read the comments. Uh, we make those mistakes a lot here, but I don't know. Part of the business. And talking about some other very young and talented prospects, and you mentioned all the attention guys like a Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick get. For Julio, in his first week in the majors, his first few games, I'm sure it's been a lot, and this is a guy that is used to success at all these levels in baseball. We've, we've talked to him so much. We know his personality. But still, I bet it's an unfamiliar situation for him to have this slow start. How is he handling a little bit of this adversity right now? You know, you'd never really know that there's any difference. And Julio's always so alive. And he's, he's a happy guy. And he comes and he works hard. And he's, you know, at a strikeout, he walks back to the dugout. And he can't believe it happened. And he's ready to get you the next time. And a homer, he'll celebrate it in the moment. And then he just moves on. And that's it's part of how you excel the way he's excelled, especially at such young ages. And, you know, six games in, I'm not particularly concerned with the, the fact that, that he or others are off to slow starts. That's part of it. But I think it's great actually that, that he and some of our younger players are having to deal with that early because learning how to manage those emotions and, and learning how to manage the, the, or, or, effectively display the resiliency required to play a 162 game season, it's not always going to be easy. And, you know, for Julio and, and for others, you know, for Jared, as they come through the minor leagues, more often than not, you know, their, their success was, was common. And here you're going to have to deal with the fact that for six and eight and 10 game stretches, it's just not going to be, uh, you know, wine and roses. So, for, for Julio to have experienced it early on is probably not a bad thing. And, and I suspect that, like our, our lineup in general, when it starts to click for Julio, it's going to get pretty loud. Yeah, you know, a guy that uh, really has been fun to watch lately, and 
I know just six games in, we make a big deal about the sample size we have, but a guy who started kind of slow the first couple games now has looked really, really sharp the past few games of the plate and had a great glove play yesterday, that diving stop at third, Eugenio Suarez to get up and make that throw across the diamond. What did it look like for him to settle in, and what have you seen out of him as he settles into this lineup? You know, I've, I've really been thrilled with with his defense in total. It's a that has been you know a refreshing thing after spending last season primarily as a shortstop, at least for the first half of the season, and and then moving back to third base. Our thought was if we just get him back to his natural position and let him do the things that he's always done, it it will benefit us, and and that's been the case. And, you know, Gino is, is kind of a, a streaky hitter. And right now it's going good. He's, you know, he is on everything. We understand that strikeouts are going to be a part of his game, but he's also going to do damage. And, you know, between the homer and the doubles, it's a, it's been really refreshing to add that kind of sock to the lineup. And, and, uh, you know, now we need to get some other guys going and, and turn it into runs, but his, he's, he's holding up his end and, and we're starting to see him get the bat going. I know you've mentioned on this show before the lineup versatility and the ability to do a lot of different things with the depth you have. Was that kind of on display last night? And is that the ideal situation where you can kind of mix and match and you have the versatility to do that that you might not have had in years past? And ultimately, I guess, how will that help some of these hitters as they can sit and kind of watch as the game develops and then get into the game later? Well, I mean, you saw it last night with, you know, Demo starting at second base and Abraham Toro being able to shift to the top of the order. And, you know, and then guys like Winker and Frazier coming into the game and, and Frazier going out to the outfield. It, it, it just gives us so many different ways to match up. And, you know, what would like the results to be a little bit better than they have been. I, I don't think there's any questioning the, the versatility or depth of our lineup, you know, and, and we got a chance to see that play out last night and hopefully it starts to to result in more wins (laughs) but uh, you know our our process has been pretty good and the way we're doing it uh, with the guys having the opportunity to to bounce around finding ways to get Toro in there on a regular basis finding ways to to exercise kind of the, the the, the optimal matchups for the for the hitters is is what we thrive on and, and again I, I think it'll benefit us in the long run is there an ideal look that you maybe want to get to more of a, a regular lineup on a day in day out basis or as we kind of shrink down to the 26 men on the roster when may hits you'll you'll have a look but you'll still have that versatility and we might see uh, all these mixing and matchings that you've talked about I think you'll see more mixing and matchings, but I, I think you'll you'll also see that it starts to settle in with, you know, where you have you have Frazier, you have France, you have Hanniger and Winker hitting somewhere in the top four hitters. You always have, you know, the, the Suarez, Rodriguez, Kelnick group that's kind of running through the 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 heart to, to second third of the lineup, and and then the on base guys that can kind of fill in the back end, guys like JP and Toro. I think you'll see more lineups constructed like that. But with as much as we've struggled, especially finding hits with runners in scoring position in the early going here, you know, Scott's just shuffling it to try to create a stir, which is, I, I think, the right thing to do. Mariners GM and President of Baseball Operations, Jerry Depoto is with us here on the Mike Salk Show. Jerry, you mentioned uh, something yesterday, I think, before the game to the reporters there uh, about Kyle Lewis, that he's taking live BP. What are the next steps for him in building to getting back up here with the team? 
Uh, you know, he's going to need some reps, and, and we don't yet have a, a strict timeline on when that'll start. We're just listening to, to Kyle and Kyle's body. And, you know, he's doing well in his rehab. We, From the very start, we decided we are not going to rush. We're just going to make sure that he gets the appropriate time so that he is as close to 100% when he walks out there uh, for the first time on the major league field uh, that, that he can possibly be. And, you know, right now he's down in Arizona and he's running through the, the appropriate at reps and as soon as our high performance people and Kyle tell us it's time to go, then then he'll get some opportunity either in extended spring training games down in Arizona or at one of our affiliates, more likely in Everett or Tacoma. Hey Jerry, uh, as a former pitcher and now as a guy on the other side who deals with kind of the long term projection and maybe protecting some of these pitchers and worrying about not just one game but pitching and inning limits over the course of an entire season, I'm curious to know where. You might fall in the Clayton Kershaw situation. He had the seven perfect innings. I mean, he was pulled. It was his first start of the season. And it seems like from a fan and, okay, we want to witness history perspective, a lot of anger. But from a player perspective, maybe more understandable, in a situation like that, where do you fall on the line of letting a guy try to finish it out or pulling him if he reaches a, maybe a predetermined or set inning limit? I, I think they did the right thing. And I, and I think Clayton handled it like he handles everything. Clayton Kershaw has had a career that to me is, is about a, as close to above reproach as you can. And, you know, such a, a wonderful human being and a Hall of Fame player. And he handled it just the way you should. You know, it's a, he went out. He was awesome for his seven innings. He dominated the lineup. But as he said after the game, you know, he had he had not yet thrown, you know, even six innings, much less seven. Mm-hmm. So to expect him to go out there for the eighth or ninth and then put together, you know, a, a long, healthy season, I think for for the Dodgers or for any team, you know, on opening day, it, the goal is to be there playing the, the final game of the World Series. And, and it's probably as realistic for the Dodgers as any team in baseball. And, and they know that. So I think collectively they, they did the right thing. Jerry, I know there's one more game today, but then you guys are, are home. Start the season at home on Friday against the Astros. And it was kind of crazy to think about, but Jesse Winker mentioned it uh, on our airwaves a couple of days ago. He's never been in Seattle. And you realize, oh, yeah, I mean, he was traded. He was there in Arizona. And then you guys went right on the road to start the season. How has this team handled the grind of this long road trip to start the year? And what are you and, and everyone looking forward to about getting back in town? You know, I do, we actually, when we were in Minnesota, you could hear the, you know, the, the murmur starting, the, the excitement or just the, the real desire to get back home. You know, we've been away for two and a half months. This is, uh, we've, we went down to spring training for the mini camp. It, we were rolled into our major league camp. Now we started with a, you know, an eight day stretch on the road right from Arizona. So for everybody, I think you want to get home. You want to, you know, want to sleep in your own bed. You want to, and in Jesse's case, more extremely, you want to introduce yourself to your new city and uh, and move into your place, which is is going to be a, a bit of a fire drill for some of these guys as we start a, a homestand immediately without an off day. So uh, we're all looking forward to getting back home. I think hopefully we can do it with a win in our hands, and and uh, everybody will fly home with smiles on their face. But I know we're looking forward to getting back. Yeah, Jerry, we've heard about how teams can get the boost from a, from an opening day, and now, strangely, you guys have gone through two of those as the road team. What can this club get as a boost from the home fans, and what do you want to see out of this opening weekend? It's a huge series against the Astros. It has sold out. The energy and the atmosphere to end last season was incredible. 
Is that the atmosphere that can be recreated to start this season here at home? Oh, I think so. And I think so much of that is attributable to the fans. And, and you know, the, the fact that we have such a, a large volume of people showing up in Seattle this weekend is going to help. But, I, you know, I think back to, to opening day in Minnesota or even the first two games, our, our, our energy level was off the charts. Our, our team was doing the things that we've, that we've done for, for the last, you know, year and a week. And, and this is kind of how this team is, is wired. And then, lo and behold, you know, you don't get hits with runners in scoring position. And at the end of the day, when you don't hit and there's not a lot of action going on on the field, it looks like it's lower energy. But it's really not. You know, the guys are still doing all the, the things that they typically do. And, and my guess is that the, the supercharge of getting home, being seeing some of these guys seeing their families for the first time in, in a considerable uh, time, to, to get out there on the home field in front of big crowds, uh, you'll see energy, and, and hopefully we can we can produce like we did in the second half last year, where I thought we were one of the better teams in the league. Well, Jerry, we're all looking forward to it. So good luck today, and then safe travels back, and we are all fired up and excited for I guess tomorrow against the Astros. That's crazy to think about because it's been a, such a long time on the road. But Jerry, thank you, and uh, we appreciate it. You got it. Glad to do it.